The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Taysom Hill is quarterbacking the Saints. There's no better way to root him on than with the Saints Happy Hour crew to Taysom Cup. Become a Saints Happy Hour patron and you get one in your booze bundle welcome kit, along with four other amazing swag items. As a patron, you will also get full access to every Saints Happy Hour daily podcast covering everything Saints every day. Plus, you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints with other Saints Happy Hour patrons 24-7. Sign up for an annual subscription and save 5% off the monthly rate. What are you waiting for? Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. Well, Andrew, for the first time in two months, we have to assess blame after a Saints loss with our Player Grades podcast. But, oh, by the way, you get this podcast free, but you should become a patron so you can have full access to the best, greatest Saints podcast on earth. And by the way, we're running a special all week long. If you sign up annually, you get two months for free. Plus, My wife. we'll get you the booze bundle out to you. It's the best deal. Treat yourself for Christmas and become a Saints Happy Hour patron uh, for the entire 2021 season and beyond. It's amazing. It's the best deal out there. Andrew, oh, God. Oh God. Listen, I- I'm going to start with the offense. I want to start with Taysom because here's the thing, man. His fumbling is horrible, and it's 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 as horrible an annual occurrence as our audio in 2015. Like, it's a problem every fucking week. Like, and... Like, I know it didn't, you say, well, it was fourth down and it wouldn't have mattered. Like, dude, he can't stop fumbling. Like, and say what you want. Like, we might have, we might have another week of him. He's going to be in the playoffs. Like, I don't trust, I will not trust him in playoffs in big spots. Like, he, the fumbling is out of control. It is, yeah. Um, Honestly, when I look at that game, that that one play is the least of my worries, frankly. <laughs> uh, so you know, so I, I haven't put much thought into it, just in the sense that um, you know, there's there's bigger fish to fry. Well, there's a lot more alarming things that happen in that game. But yeah, no, I, I we I mean, we said that the fumbling was an issue last week, and and you know, it, it hasn't stopped. So he's on pace to shatter. I mean, he's only had four starts, and he's on pace to shatter Aaron Brooks's fumble record uh, in one season by the Saints. I think I think the record's fourteen, and he's at eleven, but he's only had four starts. So I mean, um, it's bad. And Aaron Brooks that year, he fumbled. God, it felt it felt like it was an epidemic. Like he was just vomiting up the football. 
for old head Saints fans. But, um, you know, we talked about it on the big show earlier in the week, but I, I just look at this team and they got their head kicked in on both sides of the line. Like, that to me is the most concerning thing about the Eagles game. Like, it would have been one thing if, like, they'd have had, like, if the Saints would have turned the ball over four times and, like, Philly would have ran a punt back. Then you'd be like, that's just weird shit. Like, that's okay. Like, their offensive and defensive lines got their heads kicked in by a 3-8-1 football team and that, to me, when I was going to sleep on Sunday night, like, that, to me, was the most concerning. Like, it wasn't a bunch of weird stuff happened. Philly was just like, hey, we're jamming the ball down your fucking throat. Stop it. And the Saints were like, eh, we can't. We don't feel like setting the edge. Like, that, to me, of everything on Sunday with the Eagles, that, to me, is where my concern begins. Yeah, they were ill-prepared for sure. I, I don't think the Saints um, came into this game with a clear understanding of what they wanted to do. And they were ill-prepared defensively. Explain, and... explain that. Explain. Because well, you said it in your grade, but, ex- just... but explain it, how they, how they weren't they – un- they didn't quite understand what they wanted to do. That sounds weird. And for people that don't watch film, we're like, what? How can you not have – how can you not know what you want to do? Like explain it in, in terms that people that don't watch film that we can understand. Well, I, I, I just think the biggest mistake was that they went into this game thinking we want to hit Jalen Hurts. We want to punish him. And so – you know, we saw it a couple times where Cam Jordan, I mean, really Hendrickson was the most responsible, uh, but but really all of their edge guys, they would crash like looking for a sack, looking for a hit on Jalen Hurts. And they would just l- completely lose containment and they would leave these cutback lanes. And I, I think with Hendrickson in particular, I, I can't help but think it was like a stat padding thing. Like he's like, I got to go get another sack. And that's great. But like when you lose discipline and yeah. I, th- this this was a game where they needed discipline. Really, the only thing you had to do in this game was stop the run because the Eagles weren't really a threat to do anything else. And Doug Peterson said it before the game. He said, this is what we're going to do. Uh, they came out and said it. Everyone knew it. Both fan bases knew it. The only way the Eagles could win this game was to run for 250 yards, and yet that's exactly what they the did. Thing, and the thing and, that was, the and thing I can't that... help but blame the Saints edge players in large part because here's the thing Ralph like every time Jalen Hurts felt pressure he was ejecting from the pocket immediately yeah. immediately and it was all about can I beat the guy to the sideline so that I can turn up field and more times than not he did but it was the, th- the thing that was so frustrating about that was it wasn't just that he was beating him to the sideline like it was easy like it would have been one thing like if the Saints had been in position consistently on the edge and Jalen Hurts is just juking a guy or making a miss you're like well give him credit like he made it he made it happen like the thing that was so frustrating is the Saints played Cam Newton damn for a decade Andrew they have this plan somewhere like dusted like I thought the plan would be kind of mush rush as they say like don't Go up field hard, just kind of like keep him in the pocket make him throw don't let him get to the edge and that's what they're going to do. We saw him do it against Cam Newton consistently. We saw him doing it against Garner Mishu last year. Like, we thought that was the plan. And either that was the plan and they were just fucking terrible at executing it or they were trying to do something completely different 
What do you think it was? Like you think it you think it was the Saints were trying to do something completely different. I I just don't think they were expecting him to be so decisive. I, I, I think they were kind of hoping that he would sit in the pocket a little bit and, and try to throw and you know, they, they thought they could get to him and hit him and they, they never did. They never sacked him. Uh, but I, I think I think what caught the Saints by surprise. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Prize was that the second there was even a question of pressure, he was ejecting immediately. And it, and it was, you know, it, it was a Tim Tebow type, Offense, yeah. Offensive game plan, yeah. And, you know, they, they weren't trying to see – see, I, I think where the difference with, with Taysom Hill is that, you know, Sean Payton's calling stuff because he actually wants to see how he can play quarterback. The Eagles had no interest in playing quarterback with Jalen Hurts. They were just like, we're, we're going to run the football. Yeah, and over and over. But the thing is, to me, I don't know why the Saints – they kind of adjusted in the second half because, look, the Eagles only scored – the seven points, and it was after the fumble where they had the short field. But I just, I mean, God, to get to get to get owned like that in a game plan is is disturbing. And you know, the lines, the offensive line for the Saints on the other side, they got worked, man. Philadelphia was, and we said it. You know, if you listened to our podcast last week, late in the week, where Sean Payton. He mentioned that he's like they can get pressure with four, and it's going to be a. Ch- and I said to you, if they get pressure with four, how is Taysom going to respond to it? Before we get to Taysom, just talk about the line in general. Like I felt like they were getting whipped. I felt like the interior was awful in the and and the pressure was the pressure was coming from everywhere, but especially up the middle. Yeah, yeah. It, the, to me. So the defensive line, I mean, I, I don't know that saying I give them a pass is the right word because uh, they played awful and they don't deserve a pass. But but I, I'm willing to maybe chalk that up more to bad game plan, ill-prepared, and, you know, just not enough tape on a guy that was making his first start to really 
ha- have a good grasp on on what they were going to do. So I- I'm willing, and, and you know they were missing Malcolm Brown, and Malcolm Brown's important in their run defense and all that. So that to me is less uh, of a fatal flaw than the play of the offensive line was. That to me is way more concerning. Um, and I'll, I mean, I'll just go to left to right. First of all, Armstead, his pass protection got worse and worse as the game uh, went on. And he, he had COVID, you know, he, he had the Rona and he was just coming back from that. And it was clear to me as the game wore on that his endurance took a big hit. And we know that COVID, I mean, if you're fortunate enough to recover and uh, if you're fortunate enough to get past like the symptom, early symptom yeah. stage, that it, you're not necessarily good to go in two weeks you know that that sometimes it takes a while and hopefully he can rebound quickly but you could see that he just wasn't himself in the fourth quarter particularly when they were throwing every play so that's me it reminded me of his game almost to the extent where last year they played atlanta at home and he got that's when he had the flu he got the flu on like saturday and he played and by the end of that game, when the Saints were trying to hurry up and, and score late to catch up, like, and he was trying to get down the field when they weren't huddling, like, I was legitimately concerned for his well-being. Like, he looked like he was going to keel over and they were going to have to carry him off. Like, it wasn't to that extent, but it was close. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't have played, but I just think that's just something that you're going to have to hope that he can shake it and, and get back you know, he's got three weeks before the playoffs, but it but it's a concern. The rest of it, Andrew, Andres Pete, McCoy, Easton slash Ruiz, like, oof, like. Well, Ruiz actually was okay. I, I, you know, he, he came in and he had some decent moments. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Easton, they tried to run behind him. That didn't work at all. Um, I mean, even, even Ramchick, who's the model of consistency, he, he I mean, he false starts on third and one. You know, what the hell is that? Um, you know, there's no fans. There's no excuse for false starts. None. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, Andres Pete, look, I'll put it to you like this. Uh, actually, let me let me say this about McCoy first before I get to Andres Pete. With McCoy, he's got an upper body issue. He's been wearing that RoboCop arm for a while. He yeah. gave up two sacks. One of the sacks he gave up in particular, you know, it was it was kind of a block where he was engaged with the left side of his upper body and he just folded like a house of cards. And that, that was concerning to me because that was like where his, where he's compromised that was immediately exposed. And he showed that he couldn't make that play. He gave up two sacks in this game. I thought McCoy was pretty miserable. Andres Pete, you know, a lot of times fans hate him and he gets a lot of shade and a lot of hate. And so you know, a lot of times it's not, and, and I go back and watch, and a lot of times it's, I don't want to say unfair, but it's it's overblown. Yeah. So I'm never one to, like, criticize, judge, yeah, or just judge him until I see the film, the because a lot of times, a lot of times it's overblown. Man, it was as bad as <laughs> the fans are saying. It was so bad. Like, I, I can't even defend Andres Pete. His performance was awful. It was pathetic. His first half, like I ended up giving him a D minus. His first Ooh, half man. Was, was was like Charles Brown bad. That um, when, when like let, Charles Brown at his worst. Let me explain to people that may or may not 
uh, be familiar with a- Andrew's grading system. Andrew doesn't dole out Fs, but like the, the handful of them ever. When he drops an F, a, a D minus on a player, that's basically an F for everyone else in the free world. Like that's Andrew's <laughs> great. So when when he when I saw the D minus for Pete, I was like, Brandon oh my Brandon God. Browner got some Fs for sure. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. I mean. I can't see a single positive play from you. You know, if you're going to get an F, you just have to be awful for, for the whole game. And I actually thought in the second half, Andres P, but it was too little too late, man. Honestly, it was too little too late for me. And so I ended up giving him a D minus, but, but he was awful. He was absolutely awful. And that's two weeks in a row now that he has just looked, he, he just looks slow off the snap. That's the biggest concern is that, his technique looks bad and he's on the ground way too much and it's it, it's just not looking good so McCoy McCoy and him in particular I mean obviously the Armstead thing you just have to hope yeah he reco- he recovers endurance wise uh Ram check I'm not worried about Ruiz was actually uh, Easton's a concern in the sense that he missed two weeks with a concussion already and now he's got another one so like you have to wonder is he done uh, but you know, I, I do think Ruiz can come in and I, I don't see a huge difference between the two. So, but I look at McCoy and I look at Pete and the way they're playing right now. And I just have to say, it doesn't matter. Like, it, you know, as, as much as we want to bang on Taysom Hill for the way he played and his fumbling problem, they're, they're, they have a huge hand in that the way they're performing. Yeah. Well, as Jim Morrow would say, God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. But here's the thing with Taysom Hill. Whether you think he's quarterback of the future for the Saints or whatever, I think we can all agree that for him to succeed, whether it's Sunday against Kansas City in 2021, he needs everything around him to be working. Like, he ain't Drew Brees or Mahomes or or a top five, six quarterback where you can be like, eh, your offensive line, kind of leaky. Eh, your receiver's not so great. Eh, your running game, kind of shitty. Like, he needs all those things working to for him to be good enough for you to win the game. Like, Taysom ain't going to succeed if the offensive line is a disaster. Like, Breeze, he can make that – he can make it work because he processes at a, at a level maybe no other quarterback in the history of the NFL can process. So, Drew Breeze can be like, okay, my offensive line, it's kind of a sieve. This is what I need to do so I don't get slaughtered and we can move the ball. And he can figure that out. Taysom cannot. Like, and that's. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Breeze, he may drive you crazy with his checkdowns, and you may be furious when on third and 11, he checks it down to Camara and it's fourth and seven, and we have to punt. Like, that, that might drive you crazy, but he's not going to take five sacks and he's not going to turn the ball over. At least not at the rate Taysom Hill's been turning the ball. Over. Yes, you know, like we we're not going to see that from Breeze. And so when you get in the playoffs, 
and you know all of us that were complaining about how unsexy the offense was and how boring it is and all this stuff I just want to say, like, this is the alternative when your offensive line plays like shit. <laughs> and and all these people that are clamoring for for Jameis Winston, like, I, I actually agree with you. Like, I I was saying at halftime that yeah, I, I would make the move to Jameis personally. Uh, now kudos to Sean Payton for not doing it because I actually thought Taysom kind of got things under control and he started playing better. He, he 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 started to heat up a little bit in the third quarter, and he he brought the team back in the game, but. Honestly, like uh, Taysom Hill deserves all the credit or all all the criticisms for for his ball security because it's been bad. But that's been Jameis's mo his whole career too. His poor yeah, ball I don't, security. I don't. So know. like, if the line plays like they did, like I, I mean, I I still would have put in Jameis. Don't get me wrong. I still would have made that move. But I, it's not like I'm expecting that much better like he's gonna throw a lot of picks yeah well the if, thing if is with Jameis, protection he gets i think if Jameis would have played the second half against philly he eventually would have set that secondary on fire because they were missing dudes but in the interim he might have thrown two picks he might have fumbled too like like Jameis ain't no like king of like the fast processing of defenses either man you know? Yeah, he's he's not the king of ball security. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he would have made more YOLO throws, and it, you know, may, some of may have resulted in touchdowns, and some may have resulted in I mean, turnovers. The but. thing about Jameis as a backup quarterback that you love is that he can win you a game. Like Jameis can go out there and. He could, you know, not that he'll start against Kansas City, I don't think, but he could play against Kansas City and he could go for 375 and 5, right? Because that and that's other teams don't have that luxury at a back as a at a backup quarterback that the Saints do, but Jameis yeah. can also go for 350 and four picks. Like that's Jameis, man. Um Yeah. But I I in a game like that when you're down 17 nothing I think that would have been the right move to go to him because now you're starting to throw every play. And so yeah. the thing that the things that Taysom gives you offensively, that's kind of out the window and you could still, I, I feel like you still could have brought him in on third and one and done your little Taysom run or whatever. But anyway, I, I personally would have made the move, but I understand that Sean Payton probably felt like, Hey, we weren't prepared for that. We didn't game plan, you know, and that, that wasn't, that wasn't how we prepared for this game. So it doesn't make sense. So I, I get all that. Um, but, yeah, again, I, I just want to make the point here that it doesn't – like Taysom Hill played poorly, and I don't want to give him a pass because – and, again, I, I think my main issue with him is the short yardage passing. You know, his completions may be over 70%, but the location of his throws, a lot of times he's arresting the momentum of the pass catcher. They're not getting as many yards after the catch because the location is low and away. He's forcing a player to stop to yeah. catch the ball. And he doesn't have good touch. You know, the, the screen yep. pass is an interception because he rockets it in there. So his touch and precision on the short passes is not good. Uh, the intermediate throws are, are, are good. I actually think Taysom Hill throws the in, intermediate passes pretty well, um, getting Michael Thomas involved and all that. But uh, as bad as he was, I mean, when you look at Will Lutz missing a kick and Traquan Smith dropping a ball on third down and Ryan Ramchick going – False start on third and one and all the offensive line issues uh, there. There's well, th this was th this wasn't like a Taysom Hill failure, Ralph. Like it, when you go back and watch this tape, 
there are so many skins on this wall. <laughs> this was a top to bottom roster failure. I mean, I mean, how many fingers can you point? I mean, let, let, I mean, we mentioned the offensive line, Traquan Smith's drop, Taysom Hill's play, which was bad. Will Lutz missing kicks. Latim- Hendrickson breaking contain. Lattimore with just bad one-on-one coverage on the touchdown play. Malcolm I mean, you Jenkins go up, misses up a tackle and down the on the roster, man. Run. Everyone was fucking up. Yeah. But here's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And, and we'll get to it in a second. Like, you know, here's the thing, man. The Saints. And they lost by three. And they lost by three. But, you know, listen, uh, can this offensive, like, McCoy, his upper body injury, Pete, are, like, can do you, can it be, can they get healthier by playoff time? Because they're going to play, like, the Rams, their defense is better than Philly. 
Minnesota, as you know, they may they may or may not make the playoffs now. They're better than Philly. Arizona, they blitz like fucking crazy. You know? So can this offensive line can it get healthy, get better? They got three weeks, then they know they're not gonna get a bye. So they basically got four weeks to get this straightened out. Can they? I don't have a lot of confidence in the offensive line. I mean, I, I tend to be more optimistic by nature, Ralph, and you know, I, I uh yeah, I've got I've got three years worth of playoffs as evidence. You know, we want to blame the no call. You know, we want to blame the Minnesota miracle on Marcus Williams. Uh, we want to blame the loss to I don't know what what do we blame? The, I guess Drew Brees. Is that is that what we blame the yeah. loss on the Vikings last year? But so we, we want to blame those three. But the reality is in all three games, the offensive line got their kick teeth. Their, their teeth kicked in. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's just I, I've got three years worth of evidence in the biggest games against tough defensive lines that our offensive line can't get it done in the trenches. And I, I just think when they face superior talent, like I don't have a lot of confidence in Ruiz at right guard. I think McCoy's injured. I don't know what's going on with Andres Pete, but he's like right on schedule for his dog shit, you know, December and January play. <laughs> so, Look, I mean, the guys are banged up like it's it's uh, it is what it is like, you know, it's uh, it's tough. And you want to commend them for playing hurt because, uh, you know, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. It seems like every year I see it seems like every year when we're at this stage of the season, the last four years, it's been like this. It just feels like the Saints offensive line is way more beat up than the other playoff teams out there. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, listen, we don't follow other teams as closely, so we don't know, you know, when the Saints play these other playoff teams. They're going to have guys that are playing but have these nagging injuries that we maybe aren't familiar with. But, you know, it, it's it's trending in a bad way again. And I'll say this too. Look, Lutz, he's not as a disaster as, you know, Bailey, who Minnesota, he missed four. I've never seen a dude miss four field goals in a game before. And he was missing. Yes, like, you, ha- yes you have. Zane Gonzalez of the Browns against the Saints. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Did he miss four? I think he might have missed five. Oh, my God. But the point is, like, Lutz isn't near that. But here's the thing, man. All these games the Saints get in, I don't care if they play, pick the worst playoff team. Pick the Reds. Well, they probably won't get a bye, so it wouldn't be the Redskins first. But Arizona, Minnesota, the Bears, whoever, if they would sneak in, you know, if the Saints are the two seed, whoever it is, man, these playoff games, the margins are freaking incredibly small. You can't be missing the 57-yard kick, whatever. You can't be missing a kick inside of 40 yards, you know. You can't well, be missing did. a punt when you have a chance to down and inside the five. You can't miss it and have it be a touchback. Like, all these things, the margins are so small. And I'm worried about Lutz. I'm worried about this. I mean, Morstead was better. But the special teams where the Saints used to kick teams' ass, like, they're not good anymore. Like, the margins shrink. And I'm concerned that uh, – Will Lutz is a problem. When do we start to panic? Like one more week, we pan- we're in full panic mode about him? Yeah, I'm worried, but I, I just like what Lutz is so talented. You know, he really is like so talented. I, I, he's, I mean, obviously he missed two kicks and they lose by three. So, 
you know, it has a direct impact, but I, I still think let's at the end of the day, like that you want that kicker on your roster. You want that yeah. guy kicking for you with a game on the line, you know, that, that you want that leg talent. Um, so I, uh, I'd rather have Will Lutz than some other guys out there, you know? So I, I, I'm worried about it in the sense that I think he's in a slump, but yeah, let's see how these next two weeks go. Yeah. I mean, he, the next two weeks are both home games. Uh, so they'll be in the dome. Uh, you know, Philly's a tough stadium to kick in, you know, and it was a little bit windy. And, and so I, I just think you get back into the dome. If he's missing easy kicks against the Chiefs or the Vikings, Oof. um, then, then I'm worried. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You are in luck because Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate man's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now and receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. We'll get into the Chiefs preview Thursday, Friday, you should become a patron so you can have access to that. Um, but listen, I at the, end of, at the end of the day, I looked at this a couple of weeks ago, Andrew, and I think you did too. And we looked at these schedules, and we were like, Green Bay is going 13-3. and three. For the Saints to go 14-2, and two, they would have to win 13 games in a row in the regular season. And I would just – I came to the realization – or acceptance, whatever you want to call it. I was like, that isn't fucking happening. Like they're not, the saints are not going to win third th- winning 13 games in a row in the regular season. NFL is like, it, it's incredibly rare. I think, you know, the teams that have done it are new England when they went 17 and Oh Baltimore last year, the saints in Oh nine, the Colts. And that like, that's the list. Like it just, you know, it doesn't happen that often. So that they're not going to be the number one seed. Isn't crushing to me. But how they lost to Philly is um, your prognosis for the rest of the year for them. What if I said to you, "Here's a hundred dollars, bet on their win total, and it's twelve and a half." What would you bet it at? Yeah, I, I think they probably drop one more. I think they probably go twelve and four. Um, I, I I still have a lot of confidence in this team. Uh, you know. Look, Michael Thomas played great, and I think that that was the main thing I said about this offense is I just want 
like eventually Drew Brees is going to be back. He's going to be the quarterback. And you want Michael Thomas playing at the level we're accustomed to seeing him playing at by the time the playoffs are here. And I feel like we're getting that right now. So yeah, I, I, and I still feel like, you know, Jared Cook had a good game. I think Emmanuel Sanders is making plays. Traquan Smith, you know, Troutman's been decent. Like, so the playmakers, you know, Kamara's been great all year. Like the, the playmakers on the saints, like they're, they're fine. And, and, I'm mostly encouraged that Michael Thomas looks good. So, like, this offense is going to be in, in good shape when Breeze comes back. If the offensive line plays like this, it's like you said. I, I believe Breeze will at least get the ball out. He won't take sacks. He won't turn the ball over, um, at least not at a high clip. You know, he, he'll protect the football. So, I just feel a lot more safe and a lot more secure with Breeze coordinating an offense, especially if the offensive line's playing bad. Uh, but, so... You know, I'm not too, too worried about that. Defensively, look, they're too talented. I mean, this this was a totally awful game, but I, I'm willing to chalk this up to an aberration. I, I do think in the playoffs, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound against the Chiefs. I, I really think we're going to see the Saints play really well. Now, are they going to shut down Mahomes? No, but I think this defense is way too talented. I think they'll study. They'll know exactly what they need to do in this game. And I, I think they'll do a decent job of slowing down Mahomes and limiting him a little bit. And I, I expect them to respond and actually play really well against the Chiefs. I don't know. Like, the thing is, like, the Saints' best may not be good enough to beat the Chiefs, but uh, but I, I do think we're going to get a focused and impressive effort from the Saints. And I'm going to pick them to beat the Chiefs. I mean, we'll, I'll wait for the injury report before I make a prediction, but... I tend to lean towards the Saints are going to come out and they're going to wow, respond. Yeah. So, um, I I still think this is a good team. I think it it was a it was a bad game, but again, if you're asking me what's my biggest concern right now, uh, the the state of the offensive line, the way they're playing, and the fact that you know the last few years they've been responsible for really poor offensive play in the playoffs. And it seems like we're heading that way again this year. That's a major concern. I for just me. wonder. I just wonder. Let's say, <clears throat> let's say they beat the Chiefs, um, or whatever happens. If they go into the last week against Carolina locked in where they are. Whether it's well, two- I mean, hold on, hold on. I mean, that they're going to have to play the Vikings on five days rest, and the Vikings are playing for a playoff spot. So yeah, that that's not Maybe. a that's not a gimme. I know we looked at that a few weeks ago, and we're like, yeah, the Vikings are yeah. terrible. Like they're playing better football, and that's not that's not an easy game. No, but what I'm saying is, if the Saints are sort of locked in, you know, because if Tampa loses once more, or um, you know. If the Saints are locked in to the playoff spot and they can't get a buy or whatever, would an extra week of sort of not having to play against Carolina, would, do you think that can help the offensive line or you just it's too hard to know? Uh, well, I think anytime you don't play, the rest helps you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I definitely think that if they're able to not, not play against Carolina, that would be good. Um, I would love to get some rest. I, I think that Carolina game, I mean, I, I'm i worried about a three-game losing streak because, look, like I said, even if they play well against the Chiefs, they could lose that game. And Minnesota on five days rest is tough. So yeah. 
because uh, it, because we, it, we could we could be staring at ten and five and having to win against Carolina to win the division. Like I, that that may be in the cards. You yeah, know? because I, the, I'm, the, I'm nervous about that. Because the thing is, you you just sort of have one of those moments where you empty the tank against Kansas City, right? And yeah, you give it everything you got, and you and the thing is because it because not only are you playing Friday. You're playing the late game Sunday, so your 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 recovery, your uh, game yeah, plan. Thanks, like, Goodell. Eh. Appreciate that one. What's that? I mean, couldn't you at least play us at noon? You know, thanks, Goodell. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, like they're going to be compressed. It's going to be a shorter week, less time to recover. Plus, man, you you got the holidays and. The holidays is chaos. It's chaos for regular people. It's chaos for football players. I hate this fucking. I hate this fucking Christmas game. I hate NFL playing on Christmas in general. Like, don't Thanksgiving is one thing. Don't play on fucking Christmas. Like, don't. It like we don't. Like, I love football. I love the Saints. I don't want fucking Saints football on Christmas. Like, I don't want it. Like, I wanted it. I wanted Sunday. After Christmas, I don't want it. I don't like this. Dave said it on a rant when they released the schedule. I hated it then. I hate it more fucking now. But we'll get into that um, as the yeah. Week. And look, look. I mean, I, I think bottom line, Ralph. Going back to just grading this game, I think this was a D level performance from the Saints roster from their team. Yeah. And they lost by three points. C minus yeah. would have been good enough to win this game. And uh, so I, I think you take solace in that. When, when you just – all the names that we just mentioned that played poorly, Taysom Hill, Teron Armstead, uh, Andres Pete, Eric McCoy, Will Lutz, uh, Hendrickson, Lattimore. I mean there are so many there, – there are so many skins on this wall, and yet you have two of those guys. If Traquan Smith doesn't drop that third down pass, you know, yeah, like, like- there, 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 there's, there's a couple plays in this game where you just flip the result – and the Saints win this game with a C minus efforts. That's how good they are. Yeah, they just had a complete, they had a complete, fucking system meltdown, blue screen game, top to bottom, totally. You know, yeah. um, but guys, this is a free podcast courtesy of Bet Online and Manscaped. But you should become a patron. Sign up, ten dollars. Uh, you get the booze bundle with four swag items. Sign up annually. Get two months free because of our Christmas offer. Do it. It's amazing. We're the best podcast in the world. Number seven in Malta, by the way. So for Andrew, I'm Ralph. We will see you again tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.